0: We're talking today about rehab, and we're sharing our experiences with rehab, what we learned, um, what were some of our biggest areas of growth, and some of our our biggest challenges.
1: Okay, so third time's a charm, right?
0: (laughs) Is that the third time, or is it?
1: Well, I mean, I'm thinking we recorded, like, two other episodes, and then we're like, nah, on those So yeah, this would be our third.
0: Yeah, this has definitely been a discovery process on on what we really want to...
1: No, it's almost like that conversation you have with like maybe an acquaintance or a stranger and you're like, I definitely said too much. (laughs) 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 Kind of felt like that where it's like, "Mm, did I want to share that or share it that way? Nah.
0: Yeah, but... It's fine.
1: <laughs> the nice thing about it is we don't have to release it. So,
0: yeah, no, we can uh,
1: <laughs> scrap that. We
0: can scrap it. Come up with a new th- new thing and yeah. Um.
1: So let's talk about rehab.
0: Yeah, and why everyone n- needs to go.
1: <laughs> Nobody needs to go to <laughs> rehab. It's well, not what this maybe is about. some do, but no. <laughs> Uh, no
0: we want to talk about our experience with rehab um
1: so there's a lot that led up to rehab a lot you know at the beginning of our story and a lot after rehab but we'll get into that another time right now yeah
0: there's a lot more to this story
1: right now we just want to talk about specifically our experience gareth going to rehab my experience while he was gone and really how life-changing that is that event was in both of our lives. Yeah. Um, so yeah, take it away.
0: Yeah, so um, let's talk about you dropping me off. <laughs> like the, the drop-off was somewhat scary for me. Yeah? Not even somewhat, absolutely terrifying, I think is probably the... Like
1: problem. you were scared to be dropped off or what about it was scary?
0: Um. I was scared being dropped out. It was just completely unknown. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but the other thing that was scary was um, when I say completely unknown, I didn't know how rehab was going to look. Very uncomfortable with that. Very, um, very scary. But there was the added fear of what the hell is going to happen with our relationship. Yeah. Like, are we, am, am I even going to have a marriage at the end of this? Because mm-hmm. you had said, you going doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be together at the end of this. But it's uh, a rally shot, basically. Yeah. So, um, there was a lot of fear on that. You were um, very, very quick to leave after dropping me off.
1: <laughs> <I was> like,
0: <laughs> to the point where the staff was very surprised that you were gone already.
1: Yeah. <laughs> To be fair, it was like seven hours there, seven hours back, Yeah, driving from Gilbert up to St. George. So I was like a little anxious to get back home to the kids. You know, we had family watching them for us. So there there was an aspect of that. So yeah. that did play into it a little bit. I didn't want to get home at like midnight or something and yeah. have to be up the next morning with kids. Yeah, But so you, also you, I was like... I didn't think I stuck around. It was like, what would I be here for? Yeah, longer than ten minutes. You know,
0: <laughs> it was literally. <laughs> if it was ten minutes, I'll, I'll be surprised.
1: There was no need. Yeah, it was like.
0: But you you mentioned the drive back. How was that for you? How was dropping me off? How was that drive back?
1: Um, I think. I mean, relieving. For sure. It was definitely like a huge relief when I left. Um, Just knowing like you were there. I have to worry about you. I have to like play any mind games and figure out like what you were actually doing or what you were actually saying. Like I just didn't have to like, I didn't have that mental, emotional exhaustion.
0: I brought a lot of chaos into our life.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I was like numb that whole day just like totally unfeeling just like zoned out which is not me at all but it was almost like survival you know those few days like leading up to you leaving I just had to like survive getting you to rehab basically (laughs) um so yeah I think the moment I left it was like finally I could like feel something like, finally, I could feel sad. Finally, I could feel mad. Finally, I could feel just, like, I could feel the relief. I could feel, like, the tension and, I, and lack of tension. And I, it was, like, wild just driving back. And I had, like, this big plan for my drive back, um, you know, talking to this person or that person or whatever. And the way I went back was through the mountains instead of through Vegas. For whatever reason and had like no service so my plan like went out the window which was great it actually served me really well and I could just kind of listen to music and just cry and just be really really present with myself which um, I didn't really get a chance ever to just be by myself outside of you and the kids Demi was how old was she like three
0: Oof. yeah I think so.
1: Demi, no, she was four. Was she four? When you left. Demi's four. Yeah. Fitz was two and a half, and Piers was one.
0: Yeah, he had just turned one.
1: So I never had a moment to myself with all of them and you. It was just a lot all the time. Um, So, yeah, I actually really enjoyed that drive um, and being able to feel again. So for me, it was great. And I think there was a little bit of fear, like a little bit of the unknown, like, oh, shoot, this person I'm so, like, anxiously attached to and so, <laughs> like, codependent on because I relied on you so much with the kids. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, crap, what did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> and I can't talk to you. I can't text you. You had There was no communication except yeah. writing letters. And I was just kind of like, all right.
0: A lot of fear of how am I physically going to get through this?
1: A little bit. But I also feel like y- you even getting to rehab was so um inspired by God. And we were just like carried to that. Yeah. That it felt like, yeah, it was going to be hard. But like, I knew I was going to be like carried through it. I knew like. I wouldn't be doing it alone, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it was.
0: So that had to feel somewhat hum- empowering.
1: Yeah, it was empowering. It was humbling. It was lots of things, you know. Um. It definitely felt good, you know, getting home, especially like the first few nights and just noticing what it felt like to have that peace in the house. Yeah. Noticing how it felt. Just to not have the chaos and your energy just kind of like tornadoing things. (laughs) And it, it sounds like so bad, but that's only because like with you gone, it was so calm and so peaceful. And I didn't know what it felt like to live in a home with the spirit. And like having that peace in my home, it just felt, like, palpable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I think there was the... Um. Yeah, that... I just brought a lot of chaos emotionally. Like, you having to try and... Mentally trying to figure out, like, what game is he playing now? So, I, I think that all of that being removed just allowed you to just not worry about any of that stuff
1: yeah I, l- I had nothing else to worry about during those two months you're gone except the kids and myself yeah and that was so freeing it was yeah. like oh I, I can do this
0: yeah and, and yeah they're enough,
1: hard but like i can totally do this i don't have anybody else like to think about to worry about to i don't know yeah just all those things
0: and funnily enough that's a very similar experience to what I had of like, oh wow. Like I just I have these two months to focus on me. Yeah. And and figure out life a little bit, figure out myself and how I move forward in general. Um up until that point I had um I had been doing therapy and and group work and group therapy and, and things like that but the underlying reason for all of that for me was um f- for you basically to save the relationship to um sometimes to appease you
1: so are you saying you were doing that work going to therapy going to group yes. just to basically keep things good between us
0: that was the primary reason okay that makes sense because I mean you mentioned the codependence like I had oh, yeah. I had the same like mm-hmm. if if I needed you in my life and if you weren't then who knows what would have happened right so um i I knew I needed to go to therapy and get some help but didn't really want to commit to it and wasn't doing it for mm-hmm. myself because I wanted to do the work. I didn't really want to do the work. I did the work so that you would f- to, to like help the marriage. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah, but the which is a good reason like to help the marriage, sure. Yeah. but
1: But your number one reason for doing anything should always be for yourself. And I think that's a piece that was missing before you went to rehab was that the work wasn't for you. And because of that, you just didn't choose to be fully honest. Yeah. And that was the piece missing between us was honesty. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many times I told you, like, we can get through anything if you can just tell the truth, if you can just be honest with me. And it was like, no matter which way I said it or how many times I said it, it was like, it just didn't sink in. Yeah. Anyways. So let's, let's hear more about like your first day at rehab, how that (laughs) was was. Just going to
0: get back to that. Yeah. So
1: seeing me drive away and you're like, crap, I'm here. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: that, that was like, I was pretty numb. I, I would say most of that first day, um, almost survival mode. Um, And it was kind of daunting. Um, I had never met anyone in there or anything like that. I was dropped off, and after kind of orientation, was like joined the group that was in there in like a group like session, basically group therapy session, um, which. Also was daunting. I basically walked in on someone getting getting called out pretty, like, bluntly. And I'm like... I'm sure that was jarring." Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I think the feeling I got was, I don't feel like I'm going to be able to get away with anything.
1: Yeah. Well, because up to that point, you'd gotten away with, like, everything, with every therapist, every person you've interacted with, as far as recovery went. And I yeah i'm sure for you you're like oh yeah these people are gonna see right through this
0: yeah but at that point i didn't really have a desire to get away with anything anymore true um i went in very open-minded i'd gotten to the point where i realized that the way i was doing things clearly wasn't working um It landed me in rehab, so maybe I should be open to a different way of doing things. Yeah. And, I mean, the old saying of, like, nothing changes if nothing changes. Like, something has to change. I have to start doing things different. So, maybe we open to something different. Yeah. So. um,
1: Yeah, and I can attest to that. Like, feeling like you were open going into rehab. Um, getting back like one of your first letters, um, you were always like super judgy of some of my like more like woo woo stuff, <laughs> and, like going to see a food zoner when we're trying to you know witch doctor thank you very much (laughs) she did foot zoning and muscle testing and you thought she was a witch doctor (laughs) but anyways you just like were so not open to that kind of stuff and to hear you talking about lynn who's uh, she was so amazing at rehab and she was like teaching you all this stuff about you are love and all these things and you're telling me all this that you're learning and in your letter, you're just <laughs> telling me that you are love, and I was like, "Who is he?" Like I don't even know. But the one that like really stuck out to me most was you telling me about the yelling match you got in with somebody yeah. over the table. That was day three, mm-hmm. and like I was mad. You were kind of just like, "Yep, yeah, this happened." I yelled at him. I didn't care, yeah, and to give
0: care. to give context to that, <laughs> um, I grew up com- mostly conflict avoidant.
1: Right, that's what I was gonna say. Right, you so, didn't even let me finish what oh, I was I, saying. I'm sorry. I, I thought I thought you were <laughs> pausing. Uh, no. sorry. Go ahead. So when I when I read that in your letter, I was like, holy crap, he really is like open to this. He's like leaning in, doing his work letting himself be triggered no matter what. Like not trying to put on this facade, like he has it all figured out, like he's working the program, like he's doing the work. And that was something that I was like, okay, let's see where this goes. Because in the program we were doing back home, you were very like, did things just so. You kept up appearances. All the therapists loved you. They all thought you were doing great. You were like this Model student. I had and them all
0: fool. Yeah. That's great.
1: So I always just like held on to that like thought of like, it was just in the back of my mind, like remembering yes. like you are a very likable person and people just naturally like you. Like you're just a kind, easygoing kind of person. And so I'm like, well, let's see where this goes. If he leans in, you know, so to see that, that you weren't afraid for people to see who you are, to allow yourself to be triggered um, and, you know, really do the work there. I was like, all right.
0: So was that a big fear for you going in that I was just going to pull the wool over their eyes as well and they weren't going to?
1: Mm, I don't think it was a fear for me, honestly, because I was at the point where I was like, well, it's up to him. Yeah. If he wants to do this, this is his chance to really, like, save himself from this, you know, and you know save our marriage if that's what he chooses but I was very at peace with whatever happened sure it would have been like so heartbreaking and devastating if you know our marriage didn't work out but I was open to that possibility I wasn't in fear of like oh is he gonna waste all this time and all this money it was just kind of like maybe <laughs> maybe he will and maybe he won't I was just open to whatever happened so, anyways.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that was the first few days. Um, massive, drastic changes for me in my entire, like, worldview. Not necessarily worldview, but just p- just perspective in general. Um, and I think the, the biggest thing that drove that change from doing this for her and for the marriage to... Doing this for myself was um, beginning to value myself again. Mm-hmm. That I cared enough about myself to do the work and to actually work through the issues I was having and work through the beliefs, and to be like seen like that. That um, fight that I got in physical fight yelling match just argument argument mm-hmm. um with one of the other clients like i allowed myself to be seen i had a moment um it was at the lunch table and i had a moment where i am i am just starting to get into like into like um the full swing of things with with uh with this argument like i am starting to get elevated my voice is raising and my, my thought process is what are you doing? Why are you like Should why like why are you showing people this? Like they're gonna see you. They're gonna see that you're you you have not got it all figured out. Like you wanna portray. You wanna put on this which is what I had done mm-hmm. previously in yeah. therapy and group, like I've got this figured out. Yeah. I'm I'm good. Um and the th- the thought I had was, yeah, but that where did that get me? Mm-hmm. Like I oh. had to be, I had to be seen. I had to allow myself to be seen. Um, and it was it was great. We we processed it, talked about it, and it wasn't the last argument I got in 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 rehab. I allowed myself to, um. To be triggered and and not try and f- figure it out and and put on this like I've got it figured out like face and mm-hmm. but really I'm seething underneath, underneath under the surface and yeah not actually dealing with any of it.
1: Well, I think that's what's kind of cool about you know your time going to rehab. You were lucky enough to have a full group, like twelve of you there. Yeah, so them, but yeah, okay, plenty of opportunity different personalities. You had some difficult personalities. Oh, yeah. People that just were tricky, you know. So plenty of opportunities to, like, work with just different personalities, different ways of doing things, Uh and having that opportunity to be triggered or work through that or, you know, like you said, going to group later, and you can process that, you know, or at the end of the night at check-in. You can process that kind of stuff throughout the day because you're so immersed in this work day in and day out that this is where you can really dig deep if you choose to. It's almost like this pressure cooker of like where things are going to come up, whether or not you want to acknowledge it. You know, it's going to come up. Yeah. The annoyances. You're not going to get along with everybody all the time. Yeah. Sure. There's going to be some people that you're like, cool. I can hang out with this guy all day but I'm sure there are some that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to freaking kill him. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know? So that was a cool part for me being on the outside is knowing like this is like the environment to really like dig in Mm -hmm. if you choose to.
0: Yeah. And there there was so many, um, there was so many opportunities to to dig in and do things that were uncomfortable. Um, It wasn't just you know sat in group therapy Mm -hmm. all day um lots of
1: experiential right yeah
0: it's it's a program based around experiences and um and kind of not analyzing but but looking at those experiences and how i showed up in the in that experience and and reflecting on how i show up in life based on that Mm -hmm. um so there was a lot of hiking there was we were out in the community at times um at the gym or wherever um we would do equine therapy which i loved um and Mm -hmm. saw some of my biggest breakthroughs from equine therapy Mm -hmm. um so yeah it was there was so many opportunities to do hard things yeah um
1: or just having Antonio there to <laughs> just keep you in line. Yeah, he was the head of <laughs> staff
0: there, um, head of operations. And just, he was, some people didn't enjoy him. I, I um, really connected with him uh, a few times, um, but very, very blunt, very in your face kind of personality. And, um, which is not typically the personality that I connect with in generally, but um, for whatever reason, I did with him. Um, and he really helped me kind of see a lot of my uh, addict thinking. Yeah. Um, the, the sure. How I'm trying to manipulate situations, control situations, to avoid like being seen in a way.
1: Yeah. I mean, you guys were really held to some high standards, I feel like, in rehab, you know, with the level of awareness you were required to have. And I think you bought into the whole thing from the beginning. Like, yeah. you bought into the program. You were like, all right, whatever they say goes, you know. And I think that's part of why you and Antonio didn't really like he doesn't he didn't really bother you because yeah. you were like, yeah, I mean, I'm here to like see my blind spots. I I'm just, here to learn. Yeah. And
0: I knew everything sh- he did had an intention behind it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, you know, his ability to really keep you accountable, I think meant a lot to you because you had been able to like skirt around that account accountability for so long. Oh yeah, that I think it it wasn't really possible with him anymore because he was a recovering addict himself and could see what you were doing, yeah. knew your way of thinking, and I think if anybody was trying to fight against it, then yeah, they probably wouldn't get along with him. Great, and that's <laughs> that's fine. But I think you were so just like. Pfft. I got to figure this out one way or another. I just loved
0: winding them up. (laughs) Yeah. His reactions were hilarious.
1: But it was, it was like cool to even see like the level of awareness you guys had to have in just having to announce where you were even going in the house. Yeah. Like you, you were, basically the rehab was a house. Yeah. And... If you were going upstairs, if you're going downstairs, if you're going to laundry room, whatever you were doing, you'd have to basically announce it in third person.
0: Yeah. And it, you feel stupid doing it because <laughs> you're about to walk downstairs and it's Gareth going downstairs. <laughs> you got to like basically yell it to the whole house to announce where you're going.
1: Yeah. But if you think about it, it makes complete sense. You're trying to help these guys become aware of everything they're doing every. Minute of every day yeah, you know, how many times do I walk in a room? and I'm like, oh, what did I walk in here for? Yeah, because I'm just not aware I'm like thinking of five million other things and there you're You don't have that Opportunity yeah to forget what you're doing
0: and when you say aware um, I'll add aware of what your intention is yes because the number of times I got onto the computer with not being aware of what my intention was, and then addict brain takes over, and mm-hmm. before I know it, you know, I've acted out. Yeah. Um. So that that's one thing that I I learned from that was that awareness that oh I'm going downstairs. Why am I going downstairs? Oh, okay. Because you had to announce your intention as well, right? Like why you were going downstairs? Yeah. Gareth's going downstairs to get a pen or whatever. Right. Um, the other thing was um, it was a rule that was in the rule book. It was in the handbook. Um, you said it was required. I'll I'll right. I'll adjust that by saying it's what I agreed to. When I first got there, we went went through the handbook um, and I signed off on it to say I will keep these rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was an agreement, um, and integrity was a huge, huge focus there. Um, on being in integrity, keeping your integrity. Integrity. What did you give your word to? I don't know how many times I was asked that. What did you give your word to? Um, so if I forgot to announce myself going downstairs or broke another rule, like, um,
1: <laughs> like leaving your stuff out,
0: like le- leaving my <laughs> leaving my stuff out. That was another rule you had to be aware of where, where your things were all the time. So if you left a, a book or a pen water or a water bottle. Or your
1: journal or your jacket. Unattended. I remember all of those things getting taken away multiple times.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> where you wrote me on like different paper. You're like, yeah, I got my journal taken away again. <laughs> I left it out.
0: And Antonio snagged it. So.
1: <laughs> so what do you feel like it was about this time around? Like. I think there was plenty of times you had a rule book quote unquote or agreements that were made between you and me or you and somebody else, an accountability partner or a therapist or whoever. What was it about this that had you wanting to keep your word or wanting to be an integrity?
0: Um, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier, um, that I, Began to value myself again. Um, Or really for the first time. In my life. um, I valued my word. I valued my integrity. It was the first time in my life. That I had been. That I mean. I had allowed you. Through disclosure. And eventual full disclosure. To fully see everything. Mm. Um, I'd given it all. And I the, the the thought that kept going through my head or the feeling I kept having was um, whenever I had that temptation to step out of integrity again was I don't wanna do I, I don't wanna go there again. Mm. That life of of secrecy, whole, of and, secrecy hiding. and hiding yeah. was so draining mm. and so awful. Um, and I I was comfortable with that. It it wasn't comfortable keeping my word. I didn't w- like. I didn't want to keep my word. I didn't want to do the stupid announcing my name. Or I would get annoyed because I left my clothes in the laundry. We had a time slot for laundry in the, in the week, and if you left your clothes too long, then they got taken. And mine almost got taken. <laughs> Let me slide a little bit. Uh, Oh, no, they did get taken, but I got back the next morning. So, like, when I'm held accountable to what I gave my word to, that wasn't comfortable.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. But... Because there was natural consequences. There was natural consequences. Called Antonio.
0: Right. But the (laughs) the bizarre thing was the life that I lived before, not an integrity of hiding and secrecy, was... It was like when that was removed, I saw just how insane and how awful that was, but I was so comfortable with that.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: So I didn't want to go back there. That, mm-hmm. That's what.
1: That's really what drove you to yeah. being an in integrity. Yeah. Mm.
0: And I really like focused on that. I really made that a huge part of my recovery. Um was being in integrity. Because if I could keep my word on those small, seemingly pointless rules, um, not rules, agreements that I had made, then the big stuff's easy. Yeah. If I can remember to keep the, the little things, the big stuff becomes so much easier.
1: Yeah. I think that's part of why agreements between you and I matter so much to us. Yeah. I feel like coming from a space of, you know, experiencing addiction in our relationship, there has to be a level of expectation here. I I have to know to an extent what I'm going to get from you. I have to have that that knowledge that I can't expect honesty from you. That I can't expect certain things from you.
0: Well, it's not an uh, expectation at that point, it's an agreement.
1: Sure. Yeah. I would agree. I think sometimes there's things that I hear from other therapists or, or coaches or whoever about, you know, not having expectations and an agreement is an expectation to an extent. And I'm like, I think sometimes it it is a little different when there's a addiction involved. And maybe it's just my own personal beliefs where I think it's yeah. okay to have agreements in a relationship like it's okay to have some understanding I don't see that you know certain things being codependent but I also I struggle with codependent and that word (laughs) I always kind of have even before I heard about pro-dependence because it just never quite like sat right with me because I'm like well there's got to be a reason there's got to be like a payback for this, like, for this codependence, quote unquote, yeah. and after learning from one of our therapists about prodependence, that just
0: what was what was the difference?
1: The difference is, I'm trying to remember exactly how to explain it, um, but it almost gives like some empathy to the relationship hmm. of this couple or whatever. It gives some empathy and some understanding. Like, yes, the you did these certain things, or there was this certain behavior in your your relationship, and it makes sense why it was that way. When you say you, you did those
0: things, you you're talking about like you let's was in say power. like
1: like uh, let's say I was like safety seeking. I don't know. Like it makes sense. You were looking for safety in your relationship because it felt unsafe, and you didn't know why it felt unsafe. Or you're trying to find out, find the safety, find like find some.
0: So safety seeking might be looking through my phone. Right. Like searching through, trying to find, make sure everything's okay. Right. Gotcha.
1: You know, living in like a chaotic relationship. And and I don't know how pro really fits in a relationship outside of addiction. Yeah. I don't know because really I don't sure. live life from any other experience but my own. Right. Um, I just think, I, th- I put it towards our relationship, our experience. I'm like, oh, that actually, like, makes a lot of sense. That mm-hmm. actually feels like, I'm not being shamed for how I was or like, how oh, you were. oh, you're just were. codependent. Right. That's
0: why you're doing those things. Like, no, yeah, you're doing those things because you're living life with, a, yeah. with an addict. And you've chosen right. to, to try to connect with an addict.
1: Yeah, you're trying to figure out a way to connect with them, you yeah. know, and it makes sense why you might try to connect this way or that way or or maybe you know that you can depend on them in this area of your relationship. So you put a lot on them in that area. You know, like for us.
0: Kids. It was kids. Yeah.
1: I knew 100%. You would take care of the kids. No yeah. problem. Best dad ever. Could 100% count on you there. Could not count on you for much else. <laughs> I'm mean, Not that you didn't do anything else. And that's yeah. not what I'm saying. I couldn't count on other things. right? I couldn't. Know that you were going to do X, Y, or Z.
0: That if you ask me, hey, could you switch out the laundry, that I'm going to do that.
1: 90% of the time, I could say, well, you probably won't. Yeah. You probably forget. But kids, you're going to feed them. All right. I know that's going to happen. I know you'll put them to bed on time. I know you'll bathe them. Yeah. I know that their needs will be met, and they'll be happy, and you'll play with them, and you'll do all those things. Half the time, not even having to ask you, you know, so I did put a lot on you in that realm because it was one thing that I felt like I didn't have to bear the burden alone. anyways so back to back to rehab back to rehab yeah um yeah so like I said we couldn't talk on the phone, which was actually kind of nice I think. it was hard at first for sure because I feel like even though things were the way they were, having that like cutoff in communication, like daily regular communication was really hard and it was an adjustment for me. Yeah. For sure. Even in just like the little things like, oh, Fitz just did this or, or when he pretended like the first week you were gone that his leg was broken that one day. For an entire day. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, Gareth would die. (laughs) (laughs) Like dragging his body on the ground.
0: (laughs) And you actually took him to the emergency room.
1: Yes. No, I took him to, Urgent care. urgent care to get it x-rayed there was one that did deal with broken bones I, I waited the whole day because I was like there's no way he didn't break he he didn't do anything I waited the whole day this he, kid, he's
0: very dramatic when it comes to getting hurt so
1: he spent the whole day acting like he, he couldn't do anything with his leg so I finally took him in at like five o'clock get in there he jumps right up after 10 minutes, runs over to the toys. I'm like, all right, bud, let's go. Let's go home. <laughs> <And> you're fine.
0: <laughs> you're not dragging yourself around.
1: Never mind. I just had to find a no. babysitter to watch your other siblings, but it's fine.
0: So that's a snippet of your experience oh my while gosh. I was gone. There
1: was lots. There was lots that went on while you were gone.
0: Yeah. Um. What was some of the biggest areas of growth for you while I was gone?
1: Um, well, like I said, I, I knew I was going to be carried through this. I had really like strengthened my relationship with God leading up, leading up to this experience, not knowing this is what was coming or that anything was coming. Um, just for some reason, just really worked on that relationship. And, um, so It was very clear to me um, that there were certain things that would help me along the way. If I cut out certain things while you were gone, that it would just help make my life easier, lighten my burden. Um, And it might sound like trivial to some people, but it was like very clear. It was like, don't watch TV Basically like any TV, like watch movies with your kids, whatever. But it was like, almost like I had Heavenly Father talking to me like, okay, no more of the trashy TV. You don't have time for that. <laughs> like you're literally, you literally don't have time. You need to be filling yourself, your mind, your body with goodness. So cut that out. Like, cool. Sit and watch Disney movies with your kids, whatever, during the day, Yeah, if that's what you want. But it was like very clear and no more caffeine, no more like any of that, like you need sleep, you don't need something else to keep you awake, and um, and it was just clear, like m- keeping that connection with God during this time is what was going to keep me going, and so um. making sure I was going to church every Sunday, which we had an eight o'clock church, with three babies. <laughs> like, and I was never late. I just want to say, so proud of myself. There was lots of experiences of doing things like that that I never would have done before if you were home. Yeah. I never would have taken them to church by myself. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. That's too hard. And sure, there were times where it was chaos and thankfully people were so amazing and would take a kid for me or, you know, whatever. Um.
0: So was that transition hard was did you feel any resistance to like oh no but i I want my i want my trashy tv i want my caffeine i want
1: no i just felt so trusting because we'll get into this more another time but leading up to the decision to go to rehab was so led by god yeah it just was that i just trusted everything i just felt like he knew me he knew my situation he knew what was going on and if he was like telling me to like Cut this out, cut this out, cut that out. Then I was like, done. Okay. Like, and, you know, it would, normally like you cut out caffeine, it's like this big dramatic thing, or at least for me, like headaches, feeling sick, just feels awful, run down, nothing for me. Like I cut it out immediately and just slept great. No headaches. And you know, I deal with headaches or I did all the time. So no, I was just so trusting. I mean, there were times that I would be just lonely because I didn't have you there, which I was used to, or just being a mom with three little kids can be so isolating sometimes, you know, and I'd be needing to like get out of the house or something. So I just load the kids up in the car and I just drive around, not, really having an intention or anywhere to go and kind of just like praying, like I'm just feeling like so sad and so lonely and literally just feeling like Heavenly Father, like sitting in the seat next to me, just like there with me. Felt so powerful at the time and looking back still does because just knowing that no matter how hard things were, how lonely I was. I knew that I always had him there. I always had his support and his strength to help lift me up in those hard times. So, yeah. No, it wasn't hard for me to cut that stuff out. I mean, it wasn't all like rainbows and easy. No. (laughs) Obviously, you know, there was plenty of times that... Things were difficult there. You know, I had to take Demi to the hospital at one point by myself. And I'd never done that before, like for to do an EEG, which nightmare, you oh know, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> and like it went amazing. We were supposed to be there 24, 48 hours. And I think we were there like six and the doctor's like, cool, I've seen what I need to see. You guys can go home. And I was just like, "You're joking! Like, what are the chances?" Yeah, you know, there was just so many like little tender mercies like that that happened. Um, that I just felt like so seen. Mm-hmm.
0: But you also had a lot of, like you said, it wasn't all rainbows, right? No, um, no, it wasn't. I had to take from- out
1: all the poopy diapers, and there was three babies in diapers. <laughs> That, that was not easy. That was something I always did. <laughs> you always did. We had a, a puppy at the oh time. My gosh, we did. Yes, S- yeah. awful.
0: So, aside from like all the, the physical stuff, like of you know the logistical, like taking care of kids and all that stuff, um, what was some of your other biggest challenges? I mean, you had uh, emotionally, you had a lot of emotions the process
1: yeah um, I don't know I'm like trying to think about like what was so hard I'm like I don't know not getting a nap when I wanted I guess <laughs> like I was still tired even though I was going to bed at like 830 at night and, yeah you know I was getting a good amount of sleep but I think the biggest challenge was being lonely You know, I had amazing friends. I had amazing support. I had really good people around me. Um, You know, so many people willing to help watch kids or or whatever and give me the ability to go to the temple, you know. There was lots of that. um, But it didn't replace, like, that companionship. Yeah. You know? So that was probably the hardest thing, was not having that
0: yeah you missed me a little bit,
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> just a little
0: yeah uh, it wasn't it wasn't an easy two months um but so much growth in that time, and one thing I loved about what you did is you didn't just sit at home living your normal life, you made those changes. Um, you focused on your spirituality, you focused on, um, on yourself, um, reading books and, and trying to, um, not just, you know, sitting around just being like, well, my husband's at rehab, woe is me.
1: Wallowing in self-pity. Yeah. I did do that for two days. Right. And then I was like, okay, it's time to pick myself up off the couch. And that's when things really, like, changed. Yeah. You know, there was a couple rough days, a couple rough nights, and that's when I felt like, okay, you're going and you're spending twenty four seven working on yourself. Like, if I'm in... Like, there are things that I need to work on, clearly, you know. We wouldn't be... Clearly. (laughs) We wouldn't be in a relationship otherwise. No, I just... I'm very aware that, like, I'm not perfect. It's not just you and you experience an addiction that is an issue. Like there's things that I could do different, I'm sure. Um, and there there were things that I wanted to do different. And so I did pour myself into my work and looking at different things and changing perspective and reading books and, you know, just being open to the possibility that I didn't have it all figured out. Because to be fair, I felt like I kind of did <laughs> before you left. Like we were in this program for a year. I was like, cool, I, I get this work. I've done trauma work before. Yeah, You know, I kind of know how this goes and there was so much to it that I also didn't realize. That was like my deep dive into like the four agreements and not taking things personally. And I was like, (laughs) that's a thing, but this is my life. How do I not take my life personally? You know,
0: but he's being so mean. (laughs) No,
1: no, it was really actually kind of comforting learning some of these different things and it helped me a lot to get out of victim because I didn't like being there anyways. Yeah. So, and, it, and, and there was like this thought of like, if you're going to go and grow, I want to grow too.
0: Yeah. Then we grow together and not apart.
1: Yeah. And there was no chance that like we realized after, you know, weeks of being apart that, we were learning the same things.
0: Yeah. It was kind of wild.
1: It really was. Like Like, you've
0: been given a book from someone at church. Mm -hmm. You've been given four agreements. Four agreements. Yeah. And that was one of like the core books that our program was built around Mm -hmm. was those agreements.
1: Yeah. And just
0: so happened to be that way. We had no idea.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. It was really cool. It was really cool to see kind of our work align in a way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel like for you was like a pivotal moment in rehab? Like, is there a moment you can look back on and be like, that's where things like shifted for me?
0: That's a good question. I don't know if there's any one. Um. I don't think there was one moment that was like, that's when everything So sa- I mean, really it was going there. Like yeah. arriving. That's when everything really started to change. Yeah. You kind um, of
1: chosen from the beginning.
0: But so many experiences along the way. I mean, that argument that I got in was one mm. where yeah. I started to see the evidence of the changes I was making. Yeah. Um, or just having, like, breakthroughs. Um, another one was at in an equine therapy. Just that I, this moment has stuck with me ever since, and it's such a small thing. Um, but the, the activity that day had gone really, really well. Um, and I was talking to one of the therapists about it, like, right after I was finished saying like oh that went great like the the horse just stood still and and, and let me do what i w- i wanted what i needed to do um i think it was something to do with hoops and he um he looked at me he was like no you did that like you're the one that did that it wasn't the horse stop blaming the horse on for, for your success there and i kind of realized like wait a second I don't why didn't why didn't I take credit for that? Yeah. Um and just opened up a world of like, well, I knew if I took credit for th- my successes, I have to take credit for all of my failures too, all of the things that I didn't like. So it just I had moments like that almost on a daily basis. Yeah. That um just massively opened my eyes to how I was living my life, yeah, and how those things didn't serve me what what parts of those things didn't serve me um yeah, I mean, I'm sure we could do a whole podcast on on my last week there oh yeah, um so
1: that was a rough week
0: that was a rough week, but it was the way I showed up in that week, mm-hmm. Was evidence to me of the changes I had made. That I was willing to go full force into a whole bunch of pain and suffering. Yeah. In order to, because I knew on the other side of that was, was the opposite. Yeah. So, um.
1: Yeah, I feel like that experience that week before you came home definitely scared both of us. Yeah. and shifted a lot for both of us yeah I think we can maybe we'll speak to that at some point I feel like it gets tricky a little bit but um
0: just for anonymity reasons
1: yeah but I feel like at the same time it was it taught you something that you needed yeah to learn yeah um So what do you feel like you're most grateful for with going to rehab?
0: Finally choosing myself.
1: Say more about that.
0: Um, I mean, we, we, we've we talked a lot about it in, in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but just finally. It's hard to like. I don't know. I I started talking and I started thinking of all these other things that I'm (laughs) grateful for. Um, Like allowing myself to be seen and be accepted um, was a huge thing. Um, That was a huge like belief for me was that if people saw who I really was, they would reject me. Mm. Um, Yeah. So I showed people the sides of me, the parts of me that I didn't want them to see. Um, that was scary for me to show and they didn't reject me, they didn't hate me, they didn't leave. Yeah. Um, so grateful for that. Grateful for um, a lot of the knowledge and the the mindset that came from that. I know mindset isn't everything. Um, there's the work underneath that. Um, but it's a good start. It was a, a really good start, a really good foundation for me to build on. Yeah. Coming from that perspective of of the four agreements mm-hmm. um as an example. Um but yeah, I think most of all finally choosing me tr- choosing to do the work because I I valued myself enough to yeah. to do it. Yeah. That I mattered enough to myself that I would um do the work to change my life. Yeah. What about you?
1: I like that. Um I was most grateful for that separation period, that time, what does Taryn call it? Going into independence? Independence, yeah. Um, yeah, going into our, our space of independence. Um, Just feeling so empowered and getting to a place of wanting you, not just needing you. Knowing that I had that choice.
0: Why did you want me?
1: (laughs) Stop. Oh. Anyways. Sorry. (laughs) I'm all distracted now. (laughs) No, it, it... It took me out of this place of feeling like I couldn't survive life without you. I couldn't raise kids without you. I couldn't do anything. It... Gave me that empowerment to be like, no, I could do this. I could be a single mom. Do I want to be? No. That wasn't fun. That part was awful. But that I could do it. And getting to this place of like, oh, but I want to do this with you. Yeah, And seeing you finally see what I saw in you. Like seeing that, that potential and that light. Like when I got to go to our first family weekend and like just seeing that light in your eyes, it was like, I'd never seen that before. I'd never seen you just so light and just full of so much love that it was like, holy crap. This this all like makes sense now. Like, of course he couldn't like show up in the ways I was hoping or wanting him to because he didn't even love himself enough to like recognize any of this, uh, so I'm, oh gosh, I'm just grateful for all of it. I'm grateful for the hard stuff too, you know. It was all worth it for us, for sure. Yeah, um,
0: and I think we can we can say those things with gratitude and look back on the hard stuff, like the really hard stuff, the painful suffering at times. Yeah. We can say that with gratitude because with we've seen the Effect that it's had on our life, yeah. The growth that we've had from it, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, that was rehab, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so, there's so many more stories we can share, and I'm sure we will. Um, but
1: it was the best time of our lives, yeah. <laughs> <Best> <laughs> two months. take me back. <laughs>